All right, here we go. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Las Vegas, inside the South Point, beautiful South Point Hotel. Uh, and our other host today is in Denver, Colorado. That's James Linus. James, how are you? I'm in my bunker here in beautiful Colorado. I don't know how beautiful this bunker is. I'm just surrounded by TVs and lights and cameras and action here. But it's all good on this side. Pritch, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's Friday. So, okay, it's the bunker, not the command room. Normally, it's the command center. uh, But the bunker, what's going on over there? This is where this is where I get to work. So in a sense, it feels like it is a command center on certain <laughs> days, especially on Sundays during the NFL season. Uh, then other times it just feels like a bunker because I'm hunkered down here for most of my day. All right. That could mean good things uh, in store for the audience today. If you're in your bunker today, I like that. Uh, so we're about, uh, what, three, three and a half minutes from first pitch, uh, Chicago uh, White Sox and the Royals. Uh, any thoughts on that game? I don't know if you have a play on it at all. I do not have okay. a play, Pritch. I looked at it, and it's the first one of a doubleheader here, Giolito. Mm-hmm. Giolito's gotten off to a bit of a slower start. I won't say a bad start, slower start here to start the season, but he's he's done well against the Royals in the past. That's the, I think we see the price here was $2. Too big a price for me yeah. to lay on with any Major League Baseball team, but I mean, the Royals now are just, they've lost 11 straight, just scuffling, got off to a, so much for their great start in April. That is gone, and you see that. It happens with certain teams in baseball. You're going to have streaks don't want to have a double digit losing streak so I think we're seeing the Royals now just scuffling along struggling the pitching has really been the biggest part of their issues but you know, a team that's desperate right now for a win losing 11 straight but going against the White Sox team winning six straight and having Giolito on the mound to start the doubleheader laying two dollars too big a price for me to lay I didn't put any action I hear you I looked at it too and did not uh, touch that one uh, let's shift to the National Football League because yesterday we were doing some I guess forgiving uh, schedules in the National Football League, but now we got some tough schedules, some really tough schedules, and some popular teams too. So, uh, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, their win total is eight and a half, right? Uh, minus one twenty-five, the over, the under, uh, plus one hundred five. They have one of the toughest schedules uh, in the National Football League, James. And uh, you got an aging quarterback. They didn't really address the offensive line. I mean, I mean, we've talked about the Steelers like this. And so uh, your thoughts on that win total, uh, certainly from a divisional standpoint, is plus 400. Uh, Super Bowl odds right now, 50 to 1 as well. I mean, a lot can happen between now and the regular season, certainly. Uh, but that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers currently stand. Looking at this schedule, Pritch, in some sense, thinking about, we talked about yesterday when, when when we start looking at, at least for me, when I start digging into schedules, first thing I want to know is when is their bye week and what is kind of before and after their bye week? How early or how late? Or is the bye week a good fit? Maybe somewhere in the midseason. Here again, kind of similar to last year. Now, last year for Pittsburgh, they got their bye moved around to week four because of COVID issues, but they still had a bye early in the season. It just got moved up a week because of what was going on with Tennessee and and the COVID situation last year. And I think we saw as the season progressed for Pittsburgh, got off to a great start, right? 11-0, and 0, they were rolling, had some injuries, but I think really they started to run out of gas, Pritch. Those, they lost four out of their last five to finish out the regular season. Then we saw how they just were a no-show in the playoffs with injuries. And, and also I think they were just empty because of their bye being so early. In a sense, it's kind of an early bye again this year. 
week seven. We know we've got we've got additional. We've got 18 weeks, so they're on the early part of the season as far as the bye is concerned, in my opinion. So I think that's a detriment too for this Steelers team. And you talked about the offensive line. They they did draft a few player. You know, they did draft a few young guys there to fill some holes, but some big veteran leadership holes to fill on that offensive line. How long is it going to take for those guys to step into those roles? Not only to perform at an NFL level, uh, any rookie is going to have that learning curve, but then the the veteran presence, the leadership that was lost. I think that's those aren't shoes to fill by those by those new players having to step into those roles. That's going to be Big Ben, like you said. But as far as Big Ben is concerned, that's the trouble here. The arm strength. We saw the accuracy issues down the field. I don't think that's going to right itself this year with, the, with an off season. So the other part too here is I think the back end of the schedule is really going to be uh, that's going to be the biggest challenge for for the Steelers here the that is five a challenge. Out of the last eight <laughs> yeah five, look at the, look at who they're playing five Good out of the last eight Lord, on the road right. I know they got a number of primetime games and then those last handful of games uh, you're Baltimore at Minnesota then home to Tennessee at Kansas City Cleveland and at Baltimore to finish out that's your uh, December into January schedule mm-hmm. Good luck with that, Prince. That's brutal. I know. And so I don't want to ever go off of what we've seen last. And we saw the Steelers falter down the stretch. And then, you know, they, they didn't really look like the same team at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. Uh, and then we factor in Ben Roethlisberger. So even though the Steelers got off to that, what, 11-0 start, Ben was fresh off the surgery uh, last year. Now, with another year in the offseason, I mean, could Big Ben actually play better and perform better uh, a year removed from that surgery? Another year older. As well, okay. though, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. it. And, that, and, and, right. and to your point, that remains to be seen. But I think the early in the season, I think maybe we saw some arm fatigue as the season progressed, too, because I think we they, he wasn't slinging the ball as much down the field latter part of the season. They really dialed back that playbook and became a short passing game, partially, I think, because Ben didn't have the arm strength and maybe that dead arm started to set in there. The other part, too, was they couldn't run the football, so that short passing game actually became, in a sense, like the running game. Quick passes, just get it out there quick because he couldn't get it down the field. They couldn't run the football. The line was banged up. It was getting older. So the turnover was coming for that team up front on the offensive line, but those are just big holes to fill. But, yeah, I mean, you look at their December when they get – their schedule when they get to December, those last six games – what a challenge. <laughs> that is brutal. That is brutal. Uh, a note from JJ, our producer, uh, the Steelers have the toughest uh, strength of schedule based on their opponent's winning percentage uh, from 2020, uh, 0. .574. Uh, the team with the toughest strength of schedule has missed the playoffs in each of the last four seasons, uh, James. And thinking about that division in the AFC North, mm-hmm. I think I, you know where I stand with Cleveland. I like what Cleveland. I love what Cleveland did last year. They they got all the dysfunction and and all the distractions from the couple years past, and a lot of that stuff was brought on on their own by themselves and those players and some of the things that were condoned by the previous coaching staffs. They've cleaned all that up. Stefanski's did a great job of resetting that culture there, and then the identity of that football team. We're going to be strong at the point of attack. We are going to pound the football and they've got a terrific offensive line to get that started and do that with the and the two running backs in the backfield to Chubb and Hunt to be able to interchange that way terrific offensively defensively a lot of holes from last year now they did some I really like what they did in the secondary bringing over bringing over a couple of Johnson and Hill right I think they've upgraded themselves there as well as in the draft they needed a coverage linebacker they got the kid from Notre Dame so I like what they've done in the offseason and so I think there's a lot of momentum to go there and uh, with Baltimore still being a, a very 
very tough out in that division. To me, Pittsburgh's sitting clearly in third place. Okay, and well, let's get to the Ravens because they have a tough schedule as well. Their win total is 11, uh, minus 110, the over, the under, minus 110 as well. Um, so, Lamar Jackson, I, I think the league has caught up to him. Uh, even though he's phenomenal. If he does not evolve this offseason, James, uh, I'm like Bryant McFadden uh, from yesterday's show. Uh, I think uh, looking at the under in this situation, I don't know if Baltimore can get to 11 victories this year. Their offensive line, too, was a big issue last year, right? Had some injuries. Yonda, he retired that prior to the season rolling in. You know, Scuda there at the the center position tried to come back from that brutal knee injury in 2019. Was clearly not healthy. Now he's not even part of the ball club this year. He's, he's in Miami now. This is, yeah, you look at this schedule here. Now they're going to open the road, on the road, Monday night in Las Vegas. I'm assuming there you're probably going to have a couple people in the stands for that home opener, right? Pritch? It's the hottest ticket in town right now, James. It's, <laughs> I'm serious. It's the right. hottest ticket yep. in town right now in yep. Vegas. Absolutely. So home opener there, they're going to be on the road for that. Then that puts them at a somewhat of a disadvantage, right? Because they're on the road and it is a short week. They get to have, ho, have play their home opener. Who are they playing? <laughs> they're going to play their nemesis. <laughs> no, you're going to play the K. You're going to play Kansas City on another primetime night, right? It's going to be Sunday night. You get to have that game at home. We saw that on a, on a, I think it was a Monday night, right? Where Kansas City went in and absolutely throttled Baltimore early in the season. And they established Kansas City established themselves. Look, if you think you're going to be a contender in the AFC, mm-hmm. you got to get through us. And this is the challenge. And and they did not meet that challenge. So I think that part there is going to be, you know, those, those first two games alone are going to be a challenge. You get a couple, uh, yeah, some easier games there at when you're rolling to Detroit. Denver's not going to be easy to roll into here. Back-to-back off, back-to-back road games. I look at their bye situation, Pritz. And after their bye, they have a bye week eight so pretty good spot roughly for a for a bye week they play come back they they start at home play in minnesota and then a short week on the road at miami and then it's on from there uh, at Miami from there that short week and look where they're going to have to be going on the road five they're going to be playing four out of those next five games on the road starting short week at Miami game at Chicago sandwiched in between a game at home against Cleveland then at Pittsburgh and at Cleveland again yeah. That is a tough schedule there right in the middle of this, you know, towards that second part right after their bye. That is a tough way to close out. And then you close out the season, two home games. You're going to play the Rams rolling in and then Pittsburgh. Another, you know that's a nasty game. Regardless yep. of where Pittsburgh is going to stand, where, wherever they're at in the standings, maybe they're going to be put, uh, playoff contention or not. But even if they're not, Pritch, you know they're going to want to play spoiler and and bring their best effort against the Ravens in that final week of the season. Yeah, another note from J.J. Um, the Ravens have the, the toughest second half of any NFL team this season. Seven of their final nine games are against uh, 2020 playoff teams on top of that. So this added game... Uh, 17th game, uh, a tough schedule. You, you know injuries are going to happen. I, see, this presents opportunities for other teams that we might not be thinking about because uh, the NFL is, is so different from year to year, James. And uh, we might have teams off the radar that we're not even considering that might have a chance, especially if the Steelers and the Ravens are knocking each other off. And, okay, Cleveland Browns, they're going to be improved. We get that. Uh, but there could be some other teams uh, with win totals that we might need to talk about uh, as we go along this summer, this offseason. Looking at the Chiefs, for instance, the Chiefs, their win total is 12. Um, minus 120, the over, uh, plus 100, the, un, uh, the under right there. So the, the Chiefs schedule, 
Um, I, I, I think the Chiefs have overhauled their complete offense, really. I mean, if you think about the offensive line, uh, Patrick Mahomes is coming off an injury, still rehabbing that. Uh, and yet they have a win total of 12 right here in this unpredictable season. It's really high. Pritch, that is really uh, typically you're talking 12, and now that's 12 and five as opposed to 12 and four. So we're starting to at least I'm starting to slowly condition myself to get out of that 16 game mindset where we automatically think 12. And if you're trying to hit 12, it means you got to win 13. You're rolling you're, now, you're rolling 13 and four here still. But yeah, that is, I think that's, I, I would say for Kansas City, offensive line might take them some time to just get anytime you're moving those pieces parts. They obviously had to make changes. We right. saw what happened to them in the Super Bowl with all the injuries. That was going to happen. So it's only an upgrade that they've done in the offseason. Take them a little time to get acclimated to their new digs, their new their new playbook, which is going to be very uh, very creative. We always know that from Andy Reid and he's very versatile with what he brings what he brings as far as his play calling acumen and that's always changing, right? He's always adding and adding and expanding to that playbook. So you know, the, I think the first few games are going to be challenging for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Hosting Cleveland, you know Cleveland's going to be ready for that, especially feeling like they had uh, were competitive in that divisional game at Kansas City. Obviously injuries, and then the uh, yeah, well, we were not going to get into some of the referee calls there, Pritch, but uh, playing at Baltimore and then the and then playing hosting the Chargers, uh, followed by Philly. Yeah, the, not the toughest schedule considering you're looking at the the two home games. I think are are definitely winnable, but yeah, I think looking forward here. Um, the teams within the division of the AFC West, how much better have they gotten, right? That's something I think we got to consider with all these teams and within the division. Are, are the divisions going north or are they starting to go south? I think for Denver, we're not going to, regardless of Aaron Rodgers, I think Denver, especially on the defensive side, is going to be vastly improved. And right. They were a good defense last year. And I think the Chargers, it remains to be seen for me, uh, you know, we got a rookie, co- uh, rookie coach going in there. So mm-hmm. that may take some time for him to get acclimated to his players. I think the only other one that I have uh, question marks about, are they going north or really are they staying put? Are they going south? And I kind of tend to think the latter, Pritch, is your hometown team there with the Las Vegas Raiders. That did, how, how do they play spoiler? That year, last year, they actually played spoiler in Kansas City and got a big upset when they're on the road. But where do you, where's your assessment thinking about this Chiefs schedule and how the Raiders factor into that? Well, I, I think uh, all teams are still going after the Chiefs. I mean, I, I think they still want to knock them uh, off the pedestal. Even though they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, people are still gunning for the Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders in, partic- in particular, James, I, I think – uh, this team is up against it, and, and including Coach Gruden. Uh, there's media people, there's people, there's pundits out there taking shots at this team. Uh, Coach Gruden, too, calling them out, really. Uh, going into year four, um, and some of those contract situations for some of the players on the Raiders, uh, they have to make the playoffs this year. Or we could see uh, the Raiders kind of just go in a different direction with a whole new roster, kind of just start all over. Uh, so uh, Gruden with that 10-year contract in year four, in my estimation, he has to make the playoffs this year. How likely is that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't. I don't think it's likely. I mean, you yeah. look at the offensive line. It's it's a they've had to move on, especially on the right side of the offensive line at center position. That's going to be some movement around there. I, I like what we've seen out of Waller at the tight end position. You know, and you know how much I really love Jacobs pounding the football. But it's right. the other side to me. That's the big issue. Is the defense no pass rush? Corners can't cover. What have they done in this off season to improve that? Yeah. Well, they got a new defense coordinator, so they're starting all 
over there, I guess. Uh, they brought in uh, some draft picks, too, and they're excited about the young players that they have, though, but they have to get it done on the field, right, James? And uh, I think the Packers, who have the other tough schedule, another tough schedule, they're off the board currently, and we know why. Uh, so those four teams right there, we got to really get into that schedule and break that down. Coming up next on the program, uh, odds uh, for the teams with the most regular season wins. Uh, see if uh, the books can pry some money from James Linus. That's coming up next. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Gene Salinas with you today. And we are presented by BetMGM. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the program. Uh, James, uh, here's the futures, right? And, and I know... I'm reluctant when it comes to futures. A lot can happen between now and uh, the start of the season. But in the National Football League, we could bet on these. And here's the odds, the current odds. Uh, team with the most regular season wins. Uh, the Chiefs, plus 400. Buccaneers, plus 500. Ravens, uh, plus 700. Uh, Bills, 9-1. to one. I'm intrigued by the Bills here. I'll, I'll be honest with you, 9-1. to one. And some other teams on this list as well, James. I'm going to go one step down from that list right underneath the Bills and look at the 49ers and okay. look at their schedule, look at their team coming back, obviously predicated on their health and all the issues that they had last year that put them at a 6-10 and 10 record. They get the last place schedule because of that, but this is not a last place roster by any means. It was just the injuries uh, on both sides of the football at moment, basically every position just decimated with injuries. Well, and again, that's what anytime you're betting these futures in the NFL, it is a risky proposition to your point, Pritch, because you have to stay healthy. And we know that's not going to happen for each team. You just hope that it, it's not as nearly as severe as what San Francisco suffered. But looking at their schedule here, it's a very because they get the sixth place or that last place schedule with these teams that they get to start off. They do start off with two road games uh, to begin the season, but they're going to be playing Detroit and Philadelphia. I think those are two teams that are completely in. Uh, in transition mode, new coaches coming in, new quarterback, just a lot of transition there. So I think they get to catch them at the right time before they start to get acclimated to their new teams and get better. And then they come home to play Green Bay on a Sunday night. We'll see who's that quarterback for the Packers. I think looking at this schedule, it's very advantageous just based on the strength of schedule being that last place schedule from last year's record. Yeah, the only, probably the only thing I don't like about it for San Francisco is that their bye week is so early. It comes the first time you get a chance, and it's week six. That's right. a very early bye, especially when we're talking about an additional game, a 17-game season. Yeah, you got the Rams 14-1 and then the Browns 16-1 on this list too. And uh, so I wanted to ask you this question, James. When you look at the Rams and their roster uh, with Stafford now at quarterback, 
Uh, who has a better roster? The 49ers with Garoppolo if he stays healthy for 16, 17 games now, or the Rams with Stafford? Yeah, that's the that's the question mark. Is mm-hmm. Stafford really uh, is he an upgrade? I think he's definitely an upgrade as far as the talent and the the mental toughness that we see that we haven't seen out of Goff to make plays. And I, I think when the plays were structured and he didn't have to make a play after the play broke down for Goff, that's when he was most successful because McVay would always knew what his skill sets were and he was always going to put him in and uh, play to his strengths to be successful here. I think for Stafford, Stafford's got much more capability to to make bigger plays, but then he, I want to see what he does when it's time to win and now the expectations are on you to step into that role and make it happen. I think he has the mental fortitude to do it, but I still need to see it. Right. So I think that's the big question mark for me because he really hasn't had to deal with that his entire career in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo, when he's healthy, 13-3 and three Super Bowl appearance, uh, his record with San Francisco when healthy, 22-8. and eight. Uh, and now they got uh, Trey Lance as a backup. So even if he doesn't stay healthy for the entire year, you have this young dynamic player that can come into the game, maybe help you win as well. And not have to start. He may come in for some, could you put some special packages in for him mm-hmm. as the season starts to progress and get him eased into it? Uh, different things that teams haven't seen or haven't prepared for. Not that it's a Taysom Hill situation coming in because obviously this kid with, with Lance <laughs> has the ability to throw the ball of the yard, but that threat, the threat of both. Right. I think with Taysom Hill, you can kind of gear up. You know what's coming. Let's stock the line of scrimmage and be ready to stop whatever that RPO look that he is. Most times it's going to be a keeper here with Trey Lance. I think We'll see as the season progresses, to mm-hmm. to your point, whether not so much starting, but being able to get in there and really keep defenses off balance for a series, for a few plays, maybe sometime in the first or second half or sometime when they're least expected. So that's definitely going to be a, a kind of a wild card that Coach Shanahan can utilize as the season goes on. Okay, about five seconds. Would you take a shot 50-1 to one with the Broncos right now? Aaron Rodgers? No. Lumi? No? Okay. No. Okay. No. Just throwing it out there. People might take a little nibble on that though, because you know, just that's the bet. Aaron Rodgers goes. I just there. don't think. I just yeah. don't think he's coming here. Okay. I just don't. I can't see Green Bay going, so I just don't think he's coming. All right, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we're gonna get to playoff hockey uh, because we have a VCN expert that can help us break that down. It's coming up next. This is Saturday evening, and VSIN has everything you need to get a betting edge. Visit vsin.com/slash horses to find our full race coverage and picks from horse racing specialists. Plus, get a special offer from our partners at FirstBet. FirstBet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now using promo code Vegas20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to vsin subscription products for free from now through the belmont stakes sign up now and you will get analysis and wagering on every race with ai assisted picks secure payments attentive customer service and a reliable website go to vsin.com slash horses now for this special offer and expert analysis on the preakness that's vsin.com slash horses
Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today, and happy to bring on to the program our VSEN hockey expert, Andy McNeil. Andy, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. I'm excited for the playoffs. How about you? Doing great and excited for the playoffs as well. And we we plowed through it and we got here. So uh, I want to ask you this general question because we got the matchups and we know what what they're going to be. Um, But I guess what I'm trying to figure out is we've seen series matchups already in hockey during a regular season, the unique regular season that we had. How will it be different? I mean, I know it's the playoffs and I'm anticipating it going to be different, but how is it going to be different on ice now? Oh, well, you know, obviously the intensity level is going to be through the roof and every game means so much. Um, But like you mentioned, it's been a unique season. We've got a ton of matchup data here, and that's influenced my pricing uh, heading into these playoffs. And I'm sure it's influenced uh, the pricing at at lots of these sports books as well. I mean, it's information that we we wouldn't normally have uh, as far as how these teams have matched up against each other uh, doing it so many times. So, um, you know, I haven't made as many series bets as I, I typically make in, in the first round. I've only bet on two matchups so far, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, the numbers that I've got. So, Andy, with that said, obviously probably a different approach to handicapping these series as what you've done in years past, just based on they have played each other so much. And I'm looking yeah. at the first series to kick off tomorrow with the Bruins. They're sitting at a fifty favorite for the series over the Capitals here. Uh, they've they're se- split the season series, tied at four. So what can you take away from that series that you saw, you know, how they played against each other eight games so far this season to now getting after it for a seven-game? season or series here who do you kind of favor here with the bra uh, looking at the Bruins like I said a dollar fifty favorite here yeah I may or may not have had uh something to do with with that move uh Bruins opened around minus 130 and, and I, I took lots of that um all the way up to minus 145 I actually I, I still like Boston at minus 155 and while the matchup uh, advantage uh, is there it doesn't play as much uh, into this these are just you know two teams that are in very different tiers. Uh, I'd say the Bruins are a couple of t- tiers ahead of this this Washington Capitals team, or above, sorry. Um, they were an elite team coming into the season. They've been a, an elite team for a long time, the past two seasons. Um, and seeing what we've seen out of this team lately with the chemistry that they've found, uh, the addition of Taylor Hall, Mike Riley, um, they've got a 1A and a 1B as far as their, their top two lines now, and and really uh, a 3A and a 3B. Uh, not, 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 uh, not, a, not very... Um, uh, ad, uh, sorry, it doesn't it doesn't adequately describe uh, the fourth line to call them a fourth line. They're they're a really good line. Um, so I, I really like what what Boston is doing here and, and finding chemistry and getting hot at the right time. Uh, I've actually priced this series closer to minus 180, minus 178 to be exact uh, in favor of the Boston Bruins. You know, Andy, some people have suggested that Tampa Bay um, was not interested in the regular season, certainly as uh, defending Stanley Cup champions. You're, okay, let's get to the playoffs. Uh, they're, what, minus 140 now uh, when it comes to the Panthers in this matchup, this series matchup. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, I see some value there. Okay. Uh, but, you know, what we've we've seen out of the lightning here, especially down the stretch, uh, it definitely gives me some pause. And the, the Panthers have owned – uh, the, the matchup advantage here. They've had an edge in, in most categories against the Lightning all season long. Um, I, I do wonder if, if Florida is going to make the right decision and go with Chris Drieger in goal or whether or not they're going to, you know, maybe start Sergei Bobrovsky, which would, I think, reduce their chances of winning a little bit. Drieger's been uh, the better goaltender for, for a while now. 
Um, but, but as far as the Lightning goes, nobody's really seen the Lightning team that, that we're going to see here in game one with the return of Nikita Kucherov. He hasn't played all season. This is an MVP caliber player. Uh, Steven Stamkos, he's missed a significant portion of time. Another MVP caliber player. Not too often do we see a team, you know, get two players like this back in the lineup to, to start the playoffs. So it's going to be a very different look. Whether or not they can, they can hit the ground running is another thing, and that's something that worries me a little bit. Even a team as talented as Tampa Bay might have a little bit of trouble uh, finding their chemistry and getting out of the gate, uh, you know, quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe maybe you want to watch this this game one and see what kind of lightning team shows up. Uh, but I, I do think there's a little bit of value in minus 140. I've got this priced at minus 150. Uh, but, I, but I am concerned about Victor Hedman. Uh, the, the Lightning's top defenseman and, and his health. He, he hasn't been very good this season from a defensive standpoint. And I just wonder if he's, uh, you know, if he's 100% or not. Mm-hmm. Andy, I got to talk to you about my local team here. I live right down the street from the can and the Colorado Avalanche. They are now President Trophy winners. They haven't done that in 20 years. The last time they did that, won the Stanley Cup. I want to get into this series with you, not only your assessment of the Avs and the Blues series, but also talk about a little bit about the goaltending. I know condensed season this year, a lot of backup goalies, saw a lot of ice time. It was really important. I'm wondering from your perspective here with Grubauer being so dominant for the abs uh do we expect because i remember that run for the abs back in the day 20 years ago patrick wall was always between the pipes so it wasn't a matter of who the backup was here i'm wondering thinking about the depth of goalie does that impact the abs going into this and not only in this series but the stanley cup run uh again this year you know i think there are some some cases maybe in vegas um you know and maybe elsewhere that that they, they play more than one goaltender throughout the playoffs, but I, I, I think the Avalanche are definitely looking at uh, riding Grubauer, you know, from now and until the end of this this run that they're they're looking to go on. Um, and you know, I remember that run uh, 20 years ago as well. I, w- I was a very young Boston Bruins fan, uh, but one who adored Ray Bork and, and followed him uh, on his uh, tough chase uh, with the Colorado Avalanche, and, and was definitely an Avalanche fan for a couple of years there. Um, this is a great hockey team, and, and coming in against this series, in into this series against the St. Louis Blues, uh, they outmatched the Blues in, in pretty much every way. That that comes as no surprise. But you know, just everything that the Blues have have not done well this season, the Avalanche have been the best at. So it's it's you know it's a really bad matchup here. I've got this one close to minus 500, minus 488 to be exact, uh, and I'm seeing uh, prices around up around minus 400, maybe a little higher than that right now. So actually, some some value I think. Uh, in, in laying the big price with the Avalanche here. i uh, probably see that one close, closer to minus 500. Well, we can't wait to get more insight from you, uh, Andy. We're going to need it for uh, the NHL playoffs. I mean, it's going to be spectacular. I'm right there with you with Borka and Avs, uh, even back in the 96 as well. Andy McNeil, thanks again for your time. That was awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Will Manso, he's coming up next. He's going to help us out with the Miami Dolphins. Give us some intel. That's next.
Bet on more than the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bed types, including team and player props. You can make One Game Parlay bets on upcoming MLS and NBA games with more sports coming soon. Log into your BetMGM account and create the parlay of your dreams before the game starts. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years of age. Located in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana and Tennessee. Call or text that red line 800-889-9789. Welcome back to the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you, as well as Will Manso. He's the sports director down there in Miami, WPLG. Will, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. Looking for some Dolphins intel because of their win total. Uh, certainly, we can bet on that. It's at nine right now. They got a, uh, some would say, a tough matchup week one. But my question to you is, is everything settled down there? Because all this noise about Tua, uh, Watson, Rodgers, I mean, all this noise is happening. I just want to see if the Miami Dolphins are settled right now at quarterback. I think the answer is yes. You know, I know there was noise all offseason, and from the moment the season ended and the rumors started with Deshaun Watson, I really think, guys, that that was more of an outside situation. In the building, they really believe in Tua, as they should. They just drafted him last year. He was coming off a serious injury. They really want to see, when they put weapons around him, what he can be. He's going to get a fair shot to be that guy. They give him Jalen Waddell. They have other pieces there that they really, really like, that they hope stay healthy. Uh, I think he gets a full look this season to see what he could do with pieces and if he really is the guy moving forward for the future. Will, James Salinas out here in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. So let's talk about, you talked about Tua. Let's talk about the folks that are up in front of him on that offensive line for Miami. And very young offensive line, a lot of holes that they needed to fill. I'm not sure if they really filled them doing what they did with Skura at the center position. You got a couple rook, you got a rookie sitting at the left left guard as well as some a lot of youth there. And I'm just curious with this line coming together, it's going to take some time to be cohesive here how is that going to impact the performance of Tua especially early part of the season and and I think that's a great question because you know when you build around a young quarterback usually you want to make sure he has a fair shot with an offensive line that protects him and the Dolphins had issues last year early in the season they were actually pretty good as the season went on they started to struggle they've got the young guys they drafted last year Robert Hunt they got Austin Jackson who they got in the first round last year this year they get the kid from Notre Dame as one of their tackles potentially or a swing guy there are question marks there. I can't sit here and tell you with full confidence that I believe in this offensive line, but I do know this. They believe in this offensive line. They feel that the young guys are going to take a step forward. Those guys I mentioned, in particular Hunt and Jackson in their second year with that under their belt. But there is a question mark there. They don't have that true guy there that you know is going to be the guy to protect Tua and that has experience. There's a lot of youth there. 
a lot of kind of an unknown, and it sort of fits the bill when it comes to Tua as well. So I do think that that is an area where if you're going to be a little concerned is how that offensive line comes together with so many young guys. We're speaking with Will, Will Mansell, sports director at WPLG out there in Miami, uh, getting some intel about the Miami Dolphins. And uh, so, okay, uh, as a former player, Will, I was watching the Dolphins last year against the uh, Raiders out here in Vegas, and um, mm-hmm. I saw Tua play, and I'm like, okay, and then you see when Fitzpatrick came into the game, the Dolphins were completely different. Like, yeah. how are they going to be different that year? Like, with a full commitment to Tua, um, with all the noise that we just talked about, then on top of that, they have two offensive mm-hmm. coordinators. Uh, it's like yeah. they're, they're not settled, and, and I just, I'm just trying to figure this one out with the Miami Dolphins right now. Well, I think, look, it's a fair point. And, and every time Fitzpatrick came in, the Fitzmagic stuff that has kept him in the NFL for 16, 17 seasons showed up again. And there was a certain energy he brought and the experience he brought. But Brian Flores and Chris Greer, the general manager, have said throughout the offseason, look, we were just getting a look at Tua for the first time. He's got now his first offseason not coming off major hip surgery. He's worked with us. He knows the system. I mentioned Jalen Waddle. They also got Hunter Long. They get Devontae Parker. They hopefully have other guys. Preston Williams, who they really liked last year, got hurt healthy. Mike Kosicki, who's turned into a nice weapon. They have, they believe, enough pieces. The one piece they needed was a true playmaker. And I think we could all agree, if Jalen Waddle's healthy, he is that playmaker. The speed he has, you just can't teach, and you just don't find, even the NFL on a lot of teams, that kind of elite speed. So they believe that now healthy a year under his belt, understanding the system, and with a real true amount of weapons in different spots, that he's going to be the quarterback that they drafted at fifth overall. They have faith in him. But I understand, guys, why others from the outside don't have faith because they haven't seen it at this level yet. Well, season just released their season. Uh, season win totals came out with the release of the schedule the other day, full schedule for every team. So we've been talking about season win totals right here for the Dolphins. They're sitting at about nine and a half as the season win total. I We talk a lot about how the schedule plays out, how it lays out for certain teams, road games, et cetera. We talk about home field advantage. A lot of times we talk about in that division, home field advantage being up in New England and Buffalo when it's cold, we get later in the season what about in Miami when it's early in the season and we're talking about the heat the humidity as well as the how the stadium is structured and that visiting team always sitting right in the glare of the sunshine I mean when you look at the way they get started their layout early on especially you know getting to go to New England early in the season opposed to the winter is a huge advantage for Miami uh, not having to deal with that cold and then getting Buffalo at home early in the season their home opener again a Northeast team, a very good team, obviously, in Buffalo. They can play well anywhere. But you get them in that Miami heat, which is such an advantage. Historically, the Dolphins are about as good as they come in the early months of the season, that first month of the season at home, because teams tend to wilter in that heat. It is so humid. It's ridiculous. Anybody that's been in Miami knows the moment you step outside, you're sweating. And, and that's tough. So it's an advantage. So it's certainly laid out better for them, and you hope they take advantage early in the season. If they're going to win in New England, it's in a week one when they don't have to deal with 20 degrees weather and snow. And the same with Buffalo. If they're going to beat a good Buffalo team at home, you'll love that it's early in the season where that heat could be a factor. 
Yeah, if you can ever dry off first and then step outside, <laughs> you're going to be melting anyway, right? Um, but um, Miami, what's the talk down there, Will? Okay, you start off the season uh, with uh, uh, the Patriots and then the Buffalo Bills. I'm, I'm sure the emergence of Josh Allen uh, is on everybody's mind. Uh, and certainly Bill Belichick and their soft schedule, that's on everybody's mind too. So what's the thought process right now about the season uh, with the Miami Dolphins? Well, I'll tell you what, people are excited here. And I think they're legitimately excited because they took a step forward last year, even with the inconsistencies that we just talked about at quarterback, even with, quite frankly, not enough playmakers that they hope now with some of the additions. And look, I haven't even mentioned Will Fuller. I mean, Will Fuller's a guy that I think he gets lost in the shuffle because he's been hurt so much. He had the PED suspension. He's going to miss games early in the season. But when he is healthy and right, that's another weapon they got for Tua. So the expectation is early on that they can make a statement in this division on the road in New England against a team that obviously isn't the same Patriots that we're used to being able to get a win there and then come home and show Buffalo the favorite in this division. We know that for, for the right reasons. You mentioned Josh Allen, all the talent they have all over the field. But those are the kind of games that fans are excited about. And this organization is excited about starting the season off with the right foot within the division. They win those games. They get off to a quick start. The sky's the limit in their mind that they can be a 10-11 win team that can really contend for the playoffs and for the division. Will, I'd love to get a little insight from you on Coach Brian Flores and what he's done there in a very short amount of time to really change the culture of the Miami Dolphins. You know Brian Flores' story. It's a great backstory. The guy's really worked his way to become a great NFL head coach in my mind. Can you kind of give a little of assessment of once he's come there the last couple years, really changing his impact on changing that culture in Miami? Well, I'll tell you what, guys, I'll give you a quick story. He changed all the culture here as even with the media, you know, with the players, they'll tell you he's a no-nonsense guy. Flo is a very nice man. He's a family man. You probably saw him in the draft with his kids. and He's a very nice man. He's not at all a difficult person, but he has a structure that you have to buy into. And within the locker room, that is the case in the media as well. His first month on the job, I was set to do an interview with him at the Dolphins facility. And obviously this is pre-pandemic. And my photographer was late. And I felt terrible. He was running late. I told the Dolphins PR, look, he's a few minutes late. He's okay. And right as I'm saying that, Brian Flores is standing in my face right on time. And he said to me, he goes, look, we'll do the interview when I'm done inside. But from now on, that's it. And he went inside. He was five minutes early to his press conference. And everybody freaked out because all the reporters were getting ready. And since that day now, every reporter knows you got to be 10 minutes early to a flow news conference. So sometimes he'll just start. His accountability is off the charts. And if you don't buy into that, you're not going to be on this team. I think that's a big reason you've seen a lot of the turnover, even in just a couple of seasons as head coach. That's Will Mancho, uh, sports director at WPLG in Miami, doing a great job covering the Dolphins and giving us some outstanding intel. Will, thanks so much for the time. That was awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Take care. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that was extraordinary. Uh, pulling back the curtain right there. Not only Coach Flores, the question that you asked, uh, but certainly the confidence level that they have with Tua. Uh, I'm starting to maybe believe that now, even though the outside was telling you about Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers still. I need to see that offensive line perform. I think, okay. that, to his point, talked about it. The high draft choices stepping into the, some roles, but it's very young. It's very inexperienced, obviously. And then the center position is going to be key. I don't know if Matt Skier is going to be the answer coming over from Baltimore. You know, he had a really bad knee, knee injury a couple years back, and I think he rushed back into the last season and obviously got benched, had a really bad game in New England and got benched in that game. But uh, that's where it starts for me at the offensive yeah. line for all these teams. But when it comes to the coaching and we 
talking about Brian Flores. I'm a huge Brian Flores fan, so I loved his insight into the man that we know as the coach there in Miami mm-hmm. and the culture that he made and the change that he made. All starts with accountability. Right. He's the guy. Two offensive coordinators. Let's see if they can make that work, too. Eric Stoosville, uh, he's one of those co-offensive coordinators out there, uh, James. Uh, hour number two, we're going to get back to those tough schedules in the National Football League. That's coming up.